I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference podcast series. In today's program, I chat with Andy Thompson with Yetter Manufacturing about some of the considerations for improving efficiency and adapting a strip till system to accommodate for changing conditions and objectives. We'd like to again thank Yetter Manufacturing for their support of the 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference and each of the 13 title sponsors that made the seventh annual event a success. With that, I'd like to welcome in Andy Thompson from Yetter Manufacturing. Glad to have you with us today, Andy. And uh, I guess just starting out, uh, I'd like to have you give our audience just a little bit of a background uh, on yourself and the company. Sure. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. So Yetter Farm Equipment, uh, we're, we're in our 90th year. So uh, have a little bit of longevity anyway in the uh, in the ag world, but 90 years, still a family-owned company, still based in in West Central Illinois, Colchester uh, to be exact. And so, um, yeah, been been uh, around for quite a few years, uh, a vast array of of different products. And as far as the strip till is concerned, um, it was actually in the, in the late 80s when Yetter started looking and and working uh, in the strip till. Uh, arena and then the early 90s uh, did some work on that and I believe 1993 is when we actually introduced our first dedicated strip till row unit uh, as a parallel linkage unit not greatly different than what we see today but um, we have evolved that unit and uh, into a, a strip till unit today but then along with that um, we've obviously learned a lot and, and we have a lot of other um, complementary products um, as well as actually today, the row unit, as far as the row unit is concerned, we build um, about three or four different products um, that can you be utilized in our uh, uh, strip till uh, environment. So myself, um, I've been with Yetter uh, a little over 19 years, so working on my 20th year with Yetter. been uh, around the strip till really all over the nation and, and uh, North America for that matter. So um, had a uh, wonderful um, experience, you know, working with the guys all over uh, the, the, the nation and, and um, putting different strip till practices to work. So Andy, with, with your experience, you've certainly seen, you know, some of the evolution of, of strip till, you know, over the last number of years. Um, but, you know, wanted to just get a little bit more insight from you on terms of equipment and, and priorities for strip tillers, you know, how you're seeing those change and just the adaptability of, of those systems. And, and you could kind of speak to this from both kind of the experienced strip tiller standpoint, but also somebody that might be just looking to get into the practice. Well, I think early on, you know, 20, 30 years ago, the strip till was kind of an adaptation as to um, maybe what we were already doing. And so we were already putting some fertilizer on. And so it kind of started into, well, let's just go ahead and plant right where we're already putting our fertilizer. Um, and and uh, maybe for for quite a while there, it was more so just, um, well, I'm going to maybe strip till today and, and not tomorrow or when I get the opportunity to or something like that. And then it kind of evolved into more specialized strip till equipment. And, you know, then we started buying some of that equipment and utilizing that. But today, more than ever, uh, we really preach this, that strip till is our system and we need to be fully aware of everything that we do in that that, that system i don't think if we're going to um, try to get the the full effect or the full advantage of strip till um, 
we we can't you know just do it sometimes and sometimes not and so on. I mean it's a, it's a system that we need to make sure um, uh, residue management and our fertility and our hybrids, really everything that we're doing throughout the year, it all fits into that system. The equipment we oftentimes think you know at, at the strip till conference there there's there's quite a bit of support from uh, equipment companies like ourselves. So oftentimes I think a lot of people just uh, when they think of strip till they think of the uh, strip till tool, uh, which obviously is important. But you know, as a manufacturer, we're really one of the first ones that really preach, hey, let's let's make sure we we understand the full scope of this um, system and our actions and and so on uh, to to get full advantage of it. So Andy, then when when we're talking about you know uh, somebody who's you know certainly been involved with strip till for you know maybe five, ten, uh, you know even fifteen years, you know how do you see you know their uh, adaptation of the practice kind of differing then in in terms of their priorities, what they're looking for, uh, either from an equipment stand for, standpoint or a nutrient management standpoint or even soil health versus you know customers or farmers that you're talking with that are just starting out, you know, wanting to get into the practice? I know that's kind of a, a two-part question there, and maybe we can kind of talk about that experience perspective first. You know, strip tills pretty progressive. It's not necessarily the easiest thing. Uh, like I said, I mean, in your strip till system, you've got to make sure that, you know, everything that you do, there, there's ramifications to it. And so we can't rush out there and make some poor decisions in it. And so really, we we, we think of a strip tiller oftentimes being pretty progressive. And, and once we, you know, we're, we're in that arena, you know, of ourselves being pretty aggressive, pretty progressive. But I, I think that sometimes I, I've seen people kind of I guess fall into a complacency or a comfort trap or whatever you want to call it, where we take the leap, we become strip tillers, that's our system, but then we fail to adapt that. And that's where, you know, sometimes we can, in essence, try to do the same thing that we've been doing for the last five years instead of always looking to better that system. Um, now, as I say that, I mean, today, there are a lot of strip tillers that continue to be progressive in that way. And that's one of the things where I, when I talk to a lot of strip tillers that have been doing this for uh, more than five years, uh, to be honest, I mean, not very many of those people are using the same tool that they were using five, six to seven, ten years ago. And I don't necessarily think that that's because, you know, the tools were poor or whatever, but we continue to learn more and we continue to um, adapt and we continue to just, um, you know, produce better equipment and, and, and better systems, not just on the equipment side. But that's one of the things that, that really I, I see the uh, the leaders in the strip till industry continue to be progressive and continue to try to find what's working well and what's not working well, but then make sure and address that. And that's, you know, I guess my challenge to a lot of strip tillers is, is to don't lose that progressive uh, nature. Uh, continue to make sure, and I'm not saying, you know, that we need to be changing all of our equipment every year or anything like that, but we need to continue to have that progressive uh, outlook and adapt, you know, if we see the need. On the flip side of that, um, now, and, and this has a lot to do with just the uh, economic climate that we're in now in agriculture, but um, I, I see a lot of guys that have not been strip tilling. Maybe they've looked at in the past, 
and now with our um, income margins uh, where they are, uh, looking at strip till again, and, and in my opinion, rightfully so, um, they're really, you know, looking for progressions. Maybe they looked at it, you know, two, three, five years ago or whatever, and it just didn't quite fit their operation. But, you know, now they're coming back and they're saying, well, you know, can I do something different or, or you know, what about this? This is my situation. Is there some, uh, you know, adaptations to this strip till system that better fits my situation? So we, we even though, you know, like I said, we've been in it for, you know, 25 years, um, we continue to try to really just every year kind of wipe the slate clean, look at the big picture, and then, you know, reapply our, our experience and knowledge to make sure that um, uh, everybody is, is understanding of the system and what we can do to um, better utilize the system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, uh, this year certainly, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, heard some some positive things, certainly relatively speaking, uh, compared to 2019 in a lot of areas. But um, what are some some observations you've you know had in the field this year, working with customers out on the farm? Um, you know, as far as what we're seeing and and you know, kind of taking us up to uh, you know, certainly recently, I know uh, you know there's been been some some more recent challenges that have certainly popped up. Well, 2020, yeah, quite the challenges. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's why all the memes out there on uh, social media. <laughs> and on the internet, you know, or, or uh, make it into a verb, you know, you've been 20 right? Um, <laughs> and, and it continues to uh, just throw more and more curves. Um, obviously, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen the derecho across Iowa and, and Illinois and the kind of damage that that's done. Uh, the drought from western Iowa just continued to get, you know, much larger. And now, in the last week here in southeast Iowa and western Illinois, we've really seen what we were thinking was going to be just a phenomenal year just continue to decline. And it's almost like, well, I guess, you know, 2020, what else would we expect instead of, you know, really pushing hard for the finish line? Now we're limping to the finish line. So it's a pretty good um a reminder that you know you can't count your chickens till they're hatched but we continue now to go out you know this is a a great reminder where not to stop scouting the crops make sure and and you know continue to look for those differences a couple of weeks ago i was at a uh, bex uh, pfr meeting at the practical farm research and jim schwartz there had had um, did a, a neat little talk on uh, talking about moving from post-mortem production over to in-season decisions. Um, and, and that really kind of struck with me because so often when we're looking at our strip-till system or when we're looking at, con- at, at comparing a no-till or a conventional till to strip-till or whatever it may be, at the end of the year, we look at yield. And obviously, yields got to is what's got to pay the bills. But we have to come up with some sort of factors as to you know why and how we got there. And you know we were looking, we were sitting here thinking all year long in, in Western Illinois anyway that man our strip till just has looked so phenomenal and everything has looked good, but the strip till really has looked so phenomenal. And now as we get here towards the the end of the the growing season. Um, the strip till in often cases is still looking better than what some of our other systems are. Um, it's all, you know, retracting from where we thought that we were going to be. But instead of just waiting uh, till the combine comes through and then trying to make decisions, it's important right now to be out there and gaining observations. Um, maybe we can't make um, 
decisions or, you know, it's hard to put a tangible number to it. But nonetheless, we need to be making observations now so that here in another month when the combines are coming through and we're looking at that yield monitor, we have more information than just simply what the yield was. So now as, as we are moving uh, into to harvest in, in a lot of areas and you know, certainly like you mentioned, you know, some uh, adaptation that needs needs to take place here in, in some areas and, and kind of a little bit of a reassessment. But, um, you know, kind of thinking about any advice you have, you know, either through uh, harvest this year, kind of looking into next year, um, you know, what, what kind of things do you think should be on strip tillers radars at, at this point as far as what to, to consider? Well, one thing that we always talk a lot about is um, surrounding yourself with peer groups or with, you know, the right people uh, when you're, when really for anything, but certainly when you're strip tilling. We talk a lot about that with prospective new strip tillers. Um, during the um, strip till conference, um, uh, Pete Youngblood with Youngblood Ad, Ag had a talk on um, that that very that very thing, you know, to looking at new strip tillers and, and some advice. And, um uh, peer groups or surround yourself with the right people, whether that be other farms or other farmers uh, that are doing it, um, uh, you know, both new guys and experienced guys, the dealers, the manufacturers, uh, just industry professionals. That's all very important. Um, but one of the things that we really stress, and, and I think that this is not only for, for new strip tillers, but also for, uh, you know, guys that are, are have been doing it for a while is, before the year starts, when we're making our plan A or plan B and so on as to how we hope that the year is going to go um, and, and, you know, how we're going to react to certain things, we, we also, I think, need to kind of make some benchmarks. And so, you know, not just waiting on yield at the end of the year, that's going to prove it, but throughout, you know, certain certain times of the year, you know, at, at, at emergence, we need to be looking at, okay, and, and making some benchmarks and recording, was our emergence better or was it worse or what do we do right? What do we do wrong there? And then, uh, you know, when we get up to that V5 uh, range, you know, we need to be looking at the crop and how well it's responding then. And, and uh, obviously when we get up there, you know, close to tassel, we need to be, you know, really looking at it. And so these certain benchmarks we need to make sure that we have in place so that, you know, everybody's busy. It, obviously, it's, it's, it's um, you know, we're, we're always short on time. But if we have these benchmarks uh, or planned benchmarks in place, it makes it a lot easier then to, you know, to carry out that uh, throughout the growing season there. So I think that's very important. Um, I, I think that once we get to the yield this year or, you know, get to the combine this year, um, get to harvest. Maybe it's going to be disappointing. Maybe it's going to be, you know, um, uh, a pleasant surprise depending on where you're at. Um, but we have to have those benchmarks, um, you know, throughout the year and then be able to take that into account as well. Andy, appreciate the, the perspective and the advice. Uh, anything else you wanted to, to add today? Any other comments or, uh, or, or advice that you wanted to, to share? Uh, as always, you know, appreciate the insight that uh, you and, and everybody at Yetter has and, and certainly the support of the event. Well, I certainly hope that um, 2021 is <laughs> going to be different than 2020 and we can get, uh, you know, to the next normal. I don't know, really know if we're going to get back to normal or what, but, uh, you know, hopefully um, a lot of these really just unforeseen things that have happened in 2020, while certainly we need to take inventory of those and, and um, you know, kind of understand what, what can happen or whatever, hopefully we can, um, you know, move past that. And uh, the strip till conference, you know, was... Um, 
uh, I think like the seventh year this year, and this is the first year for virtual, and it was was different. Uh, I myself have been to every one of the Striptail conferences, and and uh, it's always great to talk with. Um, uh, you know, everybody that's there, uh, familiar faces and new faces and whatnot. And uh, while you guys did a fantastic job this year uh, with the uh, 2020 event, um, given light of everything like that, it was kind of, uh, you know, missed missed seeing uh, all the familiar faces and, and getting to talk a little bit more, uh, you know, with all the attendees there. So, um as as with everybody, uh, we, we have to uh, understand what you know, what kind of difficulties we've had here in 2020, and that's the same with every farmer. I and mean, we have to understand, and, and hopefully we've made the best of our situation, but um, knowing that these things can happen, we've got to be able to, I, I guess to some extent, be able to put them into our business plan, you know, moving forward, just in case 2021 is something uh, similar to this. So um, really look forward to um, having more discussions with guys and, and uh, seeing how we continue to evolve the strip-till um, uh, systems um, for being able to handle uh, these uh, major uh, weather and, and uh, just uh, you know, overall um, economic and, and climate issues here and, and hopefully be stronger in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Andy, I always appreciate your time and, and your comments. Uh, great chatting with you again. Uh, would again just like to thank Yetter Manufacturing for, for their support of the 2020 uh, National Strip Tillage Conference and uh, each of the 13 title sponsors that made the seventh annual event a success. So, uh, just a reminder that you can look for more coverage of the National Strip Tillage Conference at striptillconference.com and also striptillfarmer.com. And I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 National Strip Tillage Conference podcast series. For Andy Thompson, Yetter Manufacturing, and our entire staff here who helped coordinate the National Strip Tillage Conference, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.